It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box. The show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the mind of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Guestman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, recording on Monday, October 8th, after an LA Galaxy 1-1 draw with Sporting Kansas City on Saturday. Uh, a bunch of interesting things to talk about in that game, absolutely. And uh, boy, of course, they're going to keep an eye on the LA Galaxy's track towards the playoffs. So we have a bunch to talk about, a bunch of things to get into. Uh... Jonathan Dos Santos news, or maybe Giovanni Dos Santos news, and, and certainly some uh, some fun things. We also have the Galaxy schedule coming up, and a reminder, no game coming up this weekend as well, but uh, back in the saddle after uh, sailing the seven seas, or, or maybe just one sea, I'm not even quite sure, uh, is, is Panda himself, uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how's it going, buddy? Hey, pandas like water. Do they? Do they like yeah. water? Is this, a, is this another thing like the pandas like the cold weather, like in Sweden? <laughs> yeah, Swedish pandas are great. <laughs> that, um, that's what yeah, I Yeah, no, it, it was one sea and a couple of harbors, basically. However, you should know that they had a mini golf course on the on the ship, and I played several rounds te- uh, getting ready for the rematch coming up this winter. Yes. And uh, I'm ready to go. Okay. I, I, did, I did very well. Mrs. Panda did a little bit better uh, than I did, actually. So you got to watch out for her, too, in the co-ed division. I, I was going to say, wait a minute. You're saying that you're coming after me, but that your wife is better. So so Mrs. Panda is going to take the trophy away from you. Well, she's definitely going to take it away from you. Well, no. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if she wins it, are you calling that a, a you victory? I don't, you know what? I yeah, don't, I, yeah, it's no. all in the family. No, 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 no. This is an individual event. There's no co-ed team sport. There's, this isn't a team sport. Golf is not a team sport. All right, it's mini golf, especially mixed, not mixed doubles. It's mixed doubles, <laughs> very good. Well, we're glad to have you back. Uh, I hope it was uh, refreshing. We of course had uh, Larry Morgan not on Twitter to uh, take your place. Um, I don't think he said anything ridiculous, so I think we survived that one, and uh, and we bring you back so that way. I'm sure that there will be something dif- ridiculous, and not just that, but being that you're back, I wanted to christen this well, show. I, I'm not really back though. Remember, I'm all the way across the country. They, they, you are on the east. You're in hurricane. I am waiting for the, the hur- hurricane. I can see uh, rain rain pelting the window outside uh, the hotel right now. See, this is wonderful. But in honor of you, quote unquote, being back at least uh, recording, I, I did want to, of course, bring all of our listeners the wonderful sound drop that is Panda and Pato in the morning. Welcome to Panda and Pato's Morning Zoo. Pato. 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 And Panda. Panda. In the morning. Panda and Pato in the morning. All right, good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. It never gets old. I think it gets old almost as soon as I hit the play button. But yeah, I know you really like it. So I, I wanted to make sure that you felt you know comfortable and at home again. That's 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 the whole point of this. All right, uh, the LA Galaxy play uh, played Sporting Kansas City over the weekend, Kevin. A one-one draw for the Galaxy. By the way, a draw that I predicted in my most likely scenario outcomes on the uh, on the playoffs there. Um, an interesting game in the fact that the Galaxy really were in in all statistical you know sort of uh, facets there outplayed uh, for most of this game. Uh, the first half being a lot better than the second half for the Galaxy. Uh, the Galaxy actually got two goals in the first half. Only one of them counted, however, uh, and they had a chance for a third goal that uh, could have counted if Ashley Cole could have put one past Tim Melia as well. But all that being said, it was really sporting Kansas City who absolutely dominated this game, Kevin. 34-8 uh, to eight on shots, 9-3 to three shots on goal, 
And possession was 60-40, which actually I thought wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But 60-40 to uh, Sporting Kansas City as well. In the rain, uh, a little bit cold and chilly. I know that there were some listeners and some uh, some LA Galaxy supporters out at this game tweeting at us from the game. Uh, but the first part, I sort of have to start with all of this. I, not even the outcome, not even the ridiculously good play by David Bingham. And the only reason the Galaxy may still have a playoff chance is because of David Bingham. It was the fact that this game was hard to find on the TV clicker, Kevin. This was not... Not an easy one. Uh, Spectrum Sportsnet did one of its favorite things, and quite honestly, Time Warner did it before it and everybody else, but they uh, preempted the LA Galaxy game. They moved it to a different channel uh, just to show an LA Lakers uh, pre-game or a preseason game. So that's where it was on this. I know there were tons of people. You, you said you were able to find it okay on, on your TV service, though. Yeah, I, I did find it okay. Oh, and by the way, um, but just in case someone thinks I'm in the witness protection program, you never said where I am. Oh, I'm in Tampa. You, you are in, in Tampa. Tampa with the U.S. national team. Yeah, but I, I watched the game before I left, and I was able to find it on uh, on my DirecTV package fairly easily. Um, as far as the Laker thing goes, that's a contractual obligation that uh, – I guess it's it used to be chartered now at Spectrum. They're contractually obligated to show the Lakers when there is a conflict. Um, and that goes back to when they signed the contract with the Lakers first before they before chartered now Spectrum added the Galaxy to their package. So they're contractually obligated to show the Laker game, even though it is a meaningless preseason game and the Galaxy were actually playing for their lives. But it, it does kind of show where the Galaxy stands in the pecking order over there. Obviously, um, you know, they're not going to uh ask the Lakers for any kind of exception, and they're not going to listen to what the fans may have wanted, although I guess a lot of people probably wanted to watch LeBron James as well. But uh, it just shows where where soccer kind of figures uh, in the plans for, you know, Spectrum has already cut the Spanish language uh, uh, Galaxy Channel, and um, it seemed it seems to me that they're cutting back a lot of the English language Galaxy program as well. Well, I mean, and that ha- happened even before you know Spectrum Charter. Charter is the ch- Spectrum is Charter, um, so Charter Charter Spectrum, but they call it Spectrum now. When after they uh, they bought Bright House as well, but uh, you know it, that even happened a little bit beforehand. If you remember uh, back in 2011, in November November of 2011, a, a large. Uh, contract was announced between Time Warner Cable and the LA Galaxy. Uh, it was a 10-year deal worth $55 million. That means the LA Galaxy get $5.5 million every year until uh, the end of the 2021 season. That's actually when 10 comes up. Don't just add 10. Count it on your fingers, as I had to do earlier. But uh, it looks like this deal expires in 2021, uh, which means the 2022 year would be the first time the Galaxy would have to uh, find a new broadcast partner. And I don't think there there's any chance... Uh, in HE double hockey sticks that they go back with, you know, Time Warner slash Spectrum um, in any way possible. But the Galaxy are, Kevin, significantly making $5.5 million a year off this. That's a huge amount of money for a team that, you know, has a payroll that, uh, you know, you certainly can almost cover an entire Giovanni Dos Santos with $5.5 million a year, and it means a significant income for the LA Galaxy as well. This is, is super important, but because of that, and because we were talking about the Lakers and, and everything that, you know, sort of went with that, uh, you know, this game wasn't even offered online because the online version of Spectrum Sportsnet, which is uh, possibly one of the most frustrating websites I've ever navigated to try to get to show up, and the app looks like it hasn't been updated since, uh, I don't know, maybe since 2012, 
uh, from Spectrum Sportsnet side uh, as well. Um, all those things and looking at those things, this this seems like it's a very while it's a very lucrative deal for the Galaxy, Kevin, it feels like a very antiquated deal now where cord cutters are just not able to watch the Galaxy and you would expect that that should be something they should be able to do this this year. Well, let's break down a lot of what you just said, ignoring the HE double toothpicks, yes. hockey sticks or hockey whatever sticks, it was. Let's yes. just ignore Yeah, Let's just move on from that. Um, it, it seems like the Galaxy aren't even trying anymore when it comes to broadcast deals. They have no uh, terrestrial radio. If you're driving around in your car and you don't have Sirius uh, uh, XM where you could pick up the away feed, you can't get the Galaxy on the radio. Yeah. Um, you can get it in Spanish sometimes, although I believe it was preempted this weekend because I tried to get it and I couldn't. Um, you, can, you can get it on YouTube. They do broadcast it on YouTube as well. So if you want to, which is how I listened to most of the first half. I did go back and rewatch it, by the way, whenever the replay came out. But you can actually listen to the audio on YouTube, but... You know, that's it's certainly not a I would what I would consider a full professional broadcast at all times. I think that sometimes it's fully professional and sometimes it's it's sort of second thought. And then, yeah, and you mentioned the second thoughts. It, it does seem like the Galaxy is definitely second, uh, you know, the second thought with Spectrum because of the contractual obligations with the Lakers. When the Galaxy signed that deal in 2011, as you said, 10 year, 55 million dollar deal, um, it was the richest, most obviously the most lucrative broadcast deal in MLS history. It remains that way, um, but it's just not paying. It, it's certainly paying off for the Galaxy because they bank that money every year, regardless of what happens. I mean, they could almost buy a couple of defenders with that five million dollars a year, right? Five and a half <laughs> just, million dollars, just two. <laughs> uh, but Charter is not getting uh, much for it. As we said, they've discontinued their Spanish language programming. Um, the ratings last year, I haven't checked on this year's. Uh, I, I'm guessing that the ratings uh, probably fluctuate a little bit. They were probably down at the start of the season and up when Zlatan came. But they were averaging last year at this time, they were averaging about 9,000 viewers a game. That does not register in the Nielsen ratings. That's too low to register. So essentially getting uh, about a zero rating, uh, even though they have 9,000 viewers a game, that's less than Fox was getting in 2011 when they gave up the rights to Spectrum, which is then Charter. They were getting 11,000 homes a game then, which, again, registers very low as far as the Nielsen ratings go. But Fox didn't really even fight to keep the Galaxy because the ratings and the production costs, it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to do them uh, you know, as a, a local team. Now, they still do them on FS1 and Fox, you know, Fox Sports. They still do national broadcasts of Galaxy games. But as far as doing the local ones, they don't. So you take that 9,000 viewers a game that the Galaxy get on Spectrum, if you compare that to... Real Salt Lake, they get as many as 45,000 households a game on their over-the-air channel. Now, they're, you know, they have a much wider uh, geographical distribution. I don't know that they have the same number of available televisions, but Real Salt Lake broadcasts all over the state of Utah, and they get uh, about 45,000 households a game. So they're getting, you know, what, 4,000 more, uh, 5,000 more than, uh, or five times as much as what the Galaxy are getting. I knew I was going to get it out eventually. So the, the Galaxy simply are not getting, uh, Spectrum's not getting the bang for the buck with the Galaxy, and that's why the games are being preempted. But you don't see the Galaxy doing anything sort of to help that. They they don't appear to be pursuing any sort of, sort of terrestrial radio. You said that you can get some broadcast on YouTube. LAFC has their games on YouTube as well, audio and video, and you can buy a package if you're a cord cutter. I mean, it's kind of an ideal package. What LAFC has the Galaxy just don't seem to be very creative in trying to find some options to uh, 
to allow fans to watch games, away games, especially important ones like the one in Kansas City. Well, I would imagine the contract severely restricts their ability to do a bunch of stuff because while Spectrum may not be very interested in, in you know, upping their, their app to make it easier to watch online or they don't want to update their website to make it so that way you can watch their uh, the games on there. And, and certainly Spectrum, I think, could do that. Um, you know, I don't know the Galaxy have much remedy there on the video side of things. I mean, certainly it comes down to the next contract is going to be way different. Um, it's not going to, and, and certainly the Galaxy got a great contract at the perfect time. It was whenever everybody thought that live sports was going to be the last property to sort of just be able to spend a ton of money on because uh, people watch live sports. You don't DVR live sports. You go and watch it whenever it's live, which means that commercials and everything else that you have there. So Spectrum, or, or at the time, Time Warner thought that this was the way to go. But Time Warner then spent, you know, a gazillion dollars on the Lakers, a, a gazillion dollars on the Dodgers, uh, and then had the Lakers fall completely flat and not make any money. Uh, the Galaxy hit a downturn. You know, after the twenty, you know, twenty fifteen season, um, probably twenty sixteen, and then the worst season, and certainly the stats that you're giving Kevin come from the, one of the worst seasons, actually the worst season in LA Galaxy history. So there's got to be some skewing there, and I certainly think that Zlatan Ibrahimovic helps the viewing numbers absolutely, and I would expect them to be uh, up. They could even be double from what they were um, last time. Uh, but still, you're talking about a small number of things. I think that what has happened is that the ten years, fifty five million dollars, is a great boon to the LA Galaxy in terms of what that money is. And I think that originally, uh, you know, originally, Kevin, I went to a town hall meeting uh, that was broadcast live on Time Warner from their studio, and they had fans and they had reporters covering it and all sorts of things. I was there in the town hall meeting as they did the whole thing. Um, so they at one point had put a ton of money into this, including the backstage galaxy and everything else, right, uh, that, that came out. And that used to be just a ridiculously, ridiculously interesting program that was done every single week. Uh, and they had producers out there, and that has just gone almost completely away. I don't know if they're just doing like four episodes this year. I think last year it was four episodes, and it used to be, I think, eight or 10 or 12 episodes. It was it was a really great program. And Kevin, there's just, there's nothing there anymore. I mean, well, you I, really I think don't there's a number. <clears throat> excuse me. I think there's a number of issues involved. This deal was signed with the Spanish language component and everything else uh, when Tim Laiwiki was still there. And I, I know Tim Laiwiki was a big booster of this and the backstage galaxy and all that. He really thought that the television coverage was very important in the marketing of the team. He actually wanted to get Gio Dos Santos signed before years before he did sign because he wanted to have Gio in uniform when they launched this TV deal and, and the, the Spanish part of it because he saw Gio as being a super important or a Mexican national team star. Gio was the guy they had settled on. He saw that as being a huge component. Tim Laiwiki was very involved in that. I don't know how much Dan Beckerman is involved in it and how much he's pushing for this, but this was sort of, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a Something that that like Wiki gave birth to and was very involved in, and I, and, and I sort of see the galaxy backing away, and you know, they are making a lot of money, and that's a legacy that like Wiki gave them. But when you talk about where they're going to be in 2021 when this deal runs out, I wonder if they are going to be in a better off position because when LAFC launched, uh, they didn't have a whole lot of interest from uh, you know regular television stations. Um, in in their rights. Fox is out of that business now. The Galaxy uh, sort of turned them sour on that as far as a local broadcast. Um, you know, KCAL and KTTV, none of those stations really made much of an offer 
or, or an offer at all to pick up Univision did was the only sort of terrestrial television station that was involved in, you know, uh, having uh, LAFC as part of their coverage. So I, I don't know where the galaxy are going to go. And certainly you would need to have at least two companies competing for your your rights to drive up the price. And so I just wonder where they're going to go. It, it may wind up, it's probably going to be all screaming by that time. And uh, how much revenue are they going to get for it? Right now they're getting, as we said, five and a half million dollars. You know, they could be underwater on that by 2021. They could get much less from that. And they're going to have to go somewhere else to make up that revenue. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. I, I think the blackouts are also getting uh, uh, tiresome for people. I know there's people in Las Vegas who get blacked out from watching on ESPN. Uh, ESPN Plus, which has MLS Live now, um, which I think ESPN, yeah, listen, I mean, you know, as a selfish person, I would love for every game to be broadcast on ESPN Plus. Uh, I think that that might be the actual future of all this is that the league does a, you know, a, a wide broadcast uh, agreement with uh, with ESPN and you get every single game uh, from every single team eventually. Uh, maybe that's 20 years down the road, but it just seems to me to make sense if you have everything in one place uh, that people are going to be much easier to find it. Now, I have some issues with the ESPN uh, Plus app altogether, but for the most part, it's okay, and it does its job, and you can stream stuff, and you can watch it. Um, you know, I know there's people in, in investing in VPN connections just that way they can get around trying to go through Spectrum and trying to get trying to watch the Galaxy game. So there are people who want to watch this game. In fact, a very prominent uh, national broadcaster of soccer uh, texted me during this and said it was absolutely ridiculous that you couldn't find the LA Galaxy game somewhere online and that you couldn't watch it living in Los Angeles uh, after Spectrum moved the channel and that a lot of people were excluded from it. So, you know, I think what's really going to happen is that uh, LA Galaxy fans are going to continue to have to be, uh, they're going to have to go to all ends of the earth to find the streams, legal or illegal, because I don't think that that really bothers anybody to do that. Um, and that's sort of what it's going to have to be for the remainder of this contract, because I don't see the LA Galaxy suddenly throwing out the fifteen million dollars that is still due to them, Kevin. You know, fifteen million plus. That would—that's a lot of money to say. Ah, we don't need that. Uh, but something else needs to happen with that with that television contract because right now it looks like the LA Galaxy are stuck in the nineteen forties whenever it comes to some of this technology. And you can't have that look for what is supposedly supposed to be MLS's flagship property right now. At least that, that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that gets me too. Whenever we talk about. Uh, certain things that the Galaxy are, are not doing right. And I think we can agree that the broadcast deal is not working out for viewers. It's working out great for the team, for the league. It's not working out for viewers. It, it, it You have to sort of look at that. This isn't, um, you know, we're not talking about the Columbus crew or, or Minnesota United. This is the Galaxy. This is the New York Yankees of MLS. And, uh, you know, everyone's counted on them for years to be the team that does everything the right way. Uh, and so when they do fall short, it's difficult not to say, um, you, know, you know, it's difficult not to look at it critically because they have been at such a high level for so many years. And, and you know, that's kind of, I, I guess that's kind of the price of success when you don't live up to what you did the year before or the year previous or years previous, then all of a sudden, you know, uh, the sky is falling. And that's kind of the way it looked. They used to have great media deal. You used to be able to get them on the radio and now nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. All right, well, back to the game. If you could actually find it, or if you watched the replay, then you saw the LA Galaxy have what I think was a very good first half, um, or at least a, a better first half than they had a second half. And you also saw the LA Galaxy line up in a, uh, in a, a starting formation that was basically the same 
as the one that they had before outside of Rolf Felcher, who was suspended because of yellow cards. Uh, Shannon, Shannon Williams came in and was able to start on the right-hand side and actually did a pretty good job uh, for himself. Uh, certainly looked out of sorts on a, on a bunch, of, uh, bunch of occasions. Uh, looked like he lacked a little bit of pace there, but quite honestly, with Dominic Kinnear making that change, uh, he was saying that I want to keep everything else the same, and that included the pairings of Dave Romney and Daniel Starris. Uh, and, and why would you change? You, I mean, I, I got people asking me, what, you know, what happened to Kitchen and how come you know, Boateng's playing so much? Why would you change anything the way they're playing right now? You don't you don't touch anything, and that's really where it comes down. I know there's going to be a lot of people who are going to point to Jorgen Shelvick, who eventually had to come into this game when Shannon, Shannon Williams finally ran out of gas. I think it was uh, 67 minutes or 70-something minutes. Uh, I'll have to go back and look it up whenever he finally was subbed out. But whenever you looked at, at what he was able to do, that was about his most... His previous longest stint on the field for the LA Galaxy was 19 minutes before that. So It was uh, 70, 74. Yeah, so, so he went 74 minutes, and the longest he had played before that was 19 minutes. So I think they got all that they could. Uh, Jorgen Shelvick coming in uh, certainly did change the dynamic already, but what you really saw from the LA Galaxy and why they allowed that goal to Johnny Russell was more because they were tired and they were getting bombarded and let's let's be honest, uh, the posts that were hit, uh, the block shots and everything else that happened uh, for Sporting Kansas City certainly felt l- really lucky for the LA Galaxy. I mean, you know, you had Peter Vermees after this, Kevin, who was irate with the officiating, which by the way, I went and looked at it and didn't think there was too many issues. I think the biggest issue they probably had was uh, David Bingham, Bingham punching somebody in the head in the uh, in the second half. I don't remember who it was uh, for Sporting Kansas City up top, but punching him in the head after uh, after their player. It could have easily been a red card. It could have easily been a penalty kick. It could have been those things. That was, I think, their biggest sort of argument that they really had. Uh, the Daniel Starris goal that got called back on, VA, on, on uh, VAR, I thought there was no way there was enough information. Unless the referees had a different angle than what we saw on the television, uh, there was no way that Daniel Starris could have been could have been confirmed offside from the angle, which I thought was unlucky for him. Uh, but it, you know, it is what it is. The Galaxy got a lucky penalty kick as well. And uh, if you were listening to the broadcast, or you certainly saw it, uh, the Sporting Kansas City announcers went on for about ten minutes on how it wasn't a penalty, but yet the referee saw a penalty, called it, and the VAR checked it and said yes. Uh, it still looks like a penalty because there's definitely contact, but the Sporting Kansas City announcers certainly didn't want to admit that there was contact there, uh, even with Ola Kamara pulling up the landing gear. If you pull up the landing gear, Kevin... Uh, and then you still get hit. It's still a foul. That's how those things work. So uh, a crazy, wacky game. What were your impressions of it? I thought the, I thought the Galaxy actually did a great job. I mean, it was clear. I, I think it Universal, that was Bingham's best game of the season. Yep. Uh, and it it just felt different. I mean, I know the Galaxy have given up tons of shots in other games, and for the most part, we've said that that was sort of the fault of the defense. It, it looked different this time. It looked as if they were standing up to the pressure as opposed to, to being overwhelmed by it. Um, yes, there were some posts that were hit, and that was lucky. But then, you know, the, you, if you count the Steris goal, Ashley Cole probably should have scored on that one play uh, when he tried to volley the ball over the keeper. Um even though they only had 40% uh, possession, the Galaxy could have had three goals easily in that game. Uh, I thought they looked pretty good, despite the fact, as you said, that statistically they were outplayed uh, uh, you know, across the board. I thought the defense stood up pretty well. I think that pairing of Romney and Steris, it's a shame that that wasn't found sooner because 
um, it, that has sort of turned around this whole drive to the playoffs. And we'll talk about it in a minute. I, I think the Galaxy are in pretty good position. They, um, they, I kind of like where they are. Yeah, they feel that way. David Bingham, by the way, tied his career high with eight saves on the night. Uh, he was clearly head above shoulders, the man of the match. Uh, he was absolutely outstanding. And what a game for David Bingham to show up and, sh- and, and really sort of cement you know, his, his late season legacy sort of on this LA Galaxy team and what he was, we, we've, we've argued back and forth, Kevin, throughout the year was, was some of this Bingham's fault. And certainly you looked at the defense and said, how can you blame Bingham whenever the defense is so bad? But at the same time, you needed them to stand on his head a couple times. And this was that game that you needed them to stand on his head. Well, he and he was six, 16 minutes away from a third straight shutout. And this comes after giving up five goals in, in Toronto. He comes back and has two shutouts and then goes 74 minutes with a shutout in this game. Yeah, the Galaxy doing a great job in terms of uh, you know looking at how many goals they've allowed recently. Uh, the defense is the real star here. I'll tell you this. I was disappointed in Jonathan Dos Santos, although I certainly think that Sporting Kansas City uh, did a good job on both Legette and uh, Jonathan Dos Santos in the midfield to shut them down. I was expecting Vancouver to do that. I was expecting Seattle to do it. Uh, Sporting KC was able to do that. They really limited those guys playing through the middle, and I thought the passing was fairly atrocious from a lot of the uh, attack attacking offense here. Zlatan Ibrahimovic passed into trouble multiple times. Uh, the fact he wasn't able to hold the ball as much as he probably wanted to, uh, give a give a tip of the hat to to Ike Opara, who was able to put a body on him. I think Ola Kamara uh, had a very quiet game. Roman Alessandrini quiet. The Galaxy spent a bunch of this game, Kevin, uh, stacked in back behind the, in the defensive posture and didn't do a good enough job, especially in the second half, of, of being able to lead those counterattacks, uh, weren't able to find Zlatan Ibrahimovic, weren't able to hold the ball up. All those things sort of led to the fact that Sporting Kansas City was able to really attack him. But you're right, and Dave Romney said so after the game. I think he was talking on the field after the game, and and the Galaxy put the video up, and and Dave Romney says, you know, that he couldn't have been prouder of the way the defense played. He goes, we should have been playing this way the whole year, but at the same time, he goes, you had guys, you know, putting their bodies on the line, uh, just, you know, clearing balls off the goal line, blocking shots. I mean, all the things that you wanted the defense to do, despite the fact that they got completely outshot 34 to 8. Uh, the Galaxy defense was was you know under attack for most of this, and the offense didn't bail the Galaxy defense out. That was really the disappointing thing, I think, if you're a Galaxy fan, uh, if you're if you're a Galaxy player, that you weren't able to sort of impose any sort of dangerous chances, maybe one or two in the second half uh, against Sporting Kansas City, and it really led to sort of that that shooting gallery feel for the uh, for the second half of the game. Well, well, I think you make a good point. I mean, I, I we were in agreement that the the two three nothing wins. Galaxy had at home that Jonathan Dos Santos was responsible for a lot of the good play in those two games. Um, and, you know, he uh, helped keep possession, was was really uh, on the mark with a lot of his passing, uh, high work rate, you know, going box to box. So Kansas City was able to sort of shut him down. And as you mentioned, uh, Sebastian Legette as well. So what happens now is, is Minnesota has two weeks to look at the tape of this game and, and uh, understand what Kansas City did and how they were able to take – the Galaxy midfield out of the game and how they were able to make things tough on Ibrahimovic and, and what that will mean going forward. Now, Minnesota doesn't have the players that Kansas City has, so you have to take that into account. But there now is a template of of how to play against the Dominic Kinnear-coached Galaxy team, the one that has been so successful and looked so good the last couple of weeks. Uh, Kansas City found a way to neutralize them. Minnesota is going to look at that, and you know Houston's going to look at that the next two uh, Galaxy opponents, now it's up to the Galaxy to find a way to make adjustments of their own because sort of the secret is out of the box now. 
uh, teams know how to defense defend them, and the Galaxy are going to have to come up with some other options. And this is where Dominic Kinnear now has two weeks to put together a new game plan as well. Well, I mean, you also have to think, if does Minnesota have the same horses that Sporting Kansas City does? No, they clearly, yeah. clearly they don't. But, but, they, but you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're, they have to adjust to their own personnel. No, you're you're absolutely right, and they, and they do. And and the, really, the the game plan really is you have to pressure the the center of the midfield. Now, if you don't do it quickly and you don't do it right, the Galaxy break out with Emmanuel Boateng and Ola Kamara and Zlatan Ibrahimovic, and they will cause uh, a great number of problems. Which is why you saw you know Seattle have some dangerous chances but get blown out three nothing, and you saw Vancouver have some dangerous chances but get blown out three nothing. Is the Galaxy will make you pay, and the guy making you pay will be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic, well, or will it be? I mean, this is the real question that that sort of comes, and I joked about it on uh, on Twitter right after the Sporting Kansas City game. I said, "Great, now let's uh, let's start the two weeks of uh, deliberation on whether or not Zlatan Ibrahimovic is going to show up to Minnesota." Uh, and and having said that, this is a guy who is the absolute key to why the LA Galaxy are anywhere near a playoff position right now, and without him. You would put the Minnesota game in a much more even light. And as a matter of fact, I'd probably have Minnesota as favorites in that game against the LA Galaxy if it was played without Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, Kevin, this is a guy now who sits second all time uh, in LA Galaxy single season scoring. He's tied with Eduardo Hurtado, who in 1996 had 21 goals. He had played 26 games in 1996 to get the 21 goals. Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is now uh, 25 games played, 21 goals, um, and sits just behind Carlos Ruiz, who in 2002 uh, not only led the LA Galaxy to an MLS Cup, uh, but also scored 24 goals in 26 games played as well. So you're talking about guys here uh, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic has passed, including Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane, uh, tied with Hurtado on the chase to Ruiz. These are some some upper echelon of LA Galaxy legends, and Zlatan Ibrahimovic hasn't even played the whole season. He's out there with 19, under 2,000 minutes played. By the way, nobody else has under 2,000 minutes played, um, and the number of goals that he has on this list. So Zlatan Ibrahimovic has put, been putting them in at a faster rate than anybody else um, the, on, on this, on this very, uh, almost, almost Mount Rushmore, LA galaxy, Mount Rushmore list. Well, he also has nine assists, but when you talk about going to Minnesota, he has five goals in those last four games on the seat. And, and that's been a big key to this little resurgence. The galaxy have had lately. He, when the, when in the 14 games that he has scored a goal, the galaxy are eight, two and four, they've lost just two of the 14 games in which he scored a goal. They need a point, at least a point. We'll talk about how one point would be enough uh, to perhaps get them into the playoffs. They need at least a point. But they're playing on the worst worst turf in the league. This was the turf where Baggio Hussein broke his leg last year. Um, the Minnesota United has already sold or given away 50,000 tickets to this game. It will be the, the, the stadium will be sold out. Uh, the atmosphere will be crazy. It will be on that, that bad turf. So... But the Galaxy have a, a tough decision to make because if, if they don't start the game with Salatan on the field and they fall behind and then they bring him in and try to get him uh, you know, into the game, he's playing on turf now anyway, so why not just start him? Yes, he's 37 years old. He's got that surgically repaired knee. Um, he's played just 18 minutes on turf this season, and that was in Portland, the best turf in the league, and he complained about that. This turf is horrible. If you don't play him and you lose – that, you know, people will be second guessing that decision all along. But if you do play him, um, can he come back a week later and play another game, which he'll have to do at home against Houston? And then if the Galaxy 
get the results they need in that game and do go to the playoffs, remember they, they're in the knockout round. That's a very short turnaround. They'll have to play three or four games or three or four days later. Um, can Zalatan do that at 37 with that surgically repaired right knee? One of the reasons that David Beckham never played in Seattle except in the playoffs was because of the turf and the time that it took him at 32 and 33 to recover from that, to have his legs recover and feel fresh enough to play in the next game. It wasn't so much the Seattle games that that Bruce Arena was concerned about. It was the game that came after that. So that's what you have to factor in uh, with Zalatan. The turf, the the surgically repaired right knee, um, Zalatan's age, and then the fact that he needs to come around, come back and play two more games in the span of ten days after that. Can he do all of that? Well, well, not only that. Now you have to get Zlatan's buy-in as well. Do you? I mean, there's going to be. I would think from here, there, him himself, there would be severe reservations about going to do it, especially if uh, any of the rumors are true, Kevin, that perhaps Zlatan Ibrahimovic won't be with the LA Galaxy next year. He's certainly not going to go want to go risk himself in an injury. Now, that's a that's a very selfish thing to say about Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who has come in here and been, I think nothing but a team player but at his age the longevity of his career is measured in you know probably months more than it is years that's something that certainly has to be thought of and certainly has to be considered and you know Zlatan has to be comfortable with that move himself he has to be the one who has to say yes I want to play coach I'm going to go because if you're Dominic Kinnear you're going up to Zlatan you have a talk with him right now and you have to say Zlatan you want to play on turf or not because if you're if you don't want to play we're not going to bank you play because you can't do that um, and if you don't want to play, that's fine, but we have to start. I want to get a plan in these guys' heads right now for the next two weeks uh, that says this is how we're going to play and this is how we have to win without you. Um, well, yeah, and and it, he can't afford another injury, even a slight injury at this point. As you said, his career is now measured in months. There's even some rumors about him wanting a winner loan to AC Milan. I don't think you're going to hear publicly from Zlatan um, that he doesn't want to play. I think the message from everybody, whether it's true or not, is going to be Zlatan wants to go out there and win, but you know, you, I could definitely see two ways to look at this. One is start the game without him, hope you get a lead, park the bus, and try to win without putting him on the field. That's a big gamble, uh, but it may be the most advantageous thing to do is just hope you can get a lead and hold on to it. Um, it the, the Galaxy would have to press from the opening whistle and really try to get a, a one goal. You know, they play very well when, they, when they're in the lead. So if they get one goal and they're able to go up and hold on to that, the other thing would be start the game without Zlatan, uh, and hope you don't, you know, or you don't need that him. would be the one way to do it. Yeah. And then that you don't need him. The other way would be to start him again, press from the start, try to get that goal with Zalatan on the field. And then again, uh, play defense of the rest of the game, try to hold, take Zalatan off and try to hold on to it. But that's a gamble too, because if, if Minnesota comes and gets a, a tying goal, the go ahead goal, all of a sudden Zalatan's on the best, your best, your best offensive weapon is not on the field, not available to you. And you've already used, you've already burned him. He's already played on turf. So there really is no good option, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to, you have, basically, I think the best option here is that Zlatan has no reservations about playing, says it's a game that he has to play in and he has to start, uh, and you go out there and you deal with the consequences of it. I mean, that's, that's, that, that's the, for, for Dominic Kinnear, I think that's the easiest situation maybe for him in terms of having to plan things and having to say, hey, he wants him to play. I guarantee the Galaxy wants Zlatan Ibrahimovic to play. Um, whether or not you you then think about the long-term health of the player and everything else, and you have to get Zlatan's buy-in on this, that's where it becomes uh, <clears throat> more critical and a more difficult 
decision to make than just saying, well, of course he plays. I know lots of fans are saying, well, of course he's playing. I'll tell you right now, I don't know that that of course is the way that that he's going to look at and the Galaxy are going to look at it. So uh, it's interesting to see the Galaxy uh, and what they'll do. Now they have time to do it, Kevin. We we talked about it. The Galaxy don't play again until October 21st. Uh, That's when they will head to Minnesota. There are other teams in action this week through the international break. There are games that you're certainly going to watch or teams that you're going to want to watch and and see how they do because with the draw in Sporting Kansas City, Kevin, uh, I think it's important for us probably to talk just a little bit for a little bit, actually a lot, because it's very important, probably a, a key part of this show uh, about the playoffs. The playoffs? You're talking about the playoffs? <laughs> we're going to we're going to talk about the playoffs, even even though it seems like maybe the Galaxy. There were certainly people and I saw it as soon as the Sporting Kansas City game got over. I got comments and questions that the season was over. And I said, "Pump the brakes everybody. There it's nowhere near over. As a matter of fact, you need to be watching that Portland uh, game that Portland was at Real Salt Lake and I said if you want the Galaxy to have a a actual a realistic chance of being in the playoffs you want Portland to win that game Portland went and spanked Sporting Kansas City four to one eventually Kevin uh, it puts the LA Galaxy in a great position actually uh, great great the, I, I, the Galaxy if the Galaxy make the playoffs they need to send a, a, a case of champagne to Portland Port, yeah I mean that's really what it is now we talked a whole bunch about the different schedules and where everybody sat and we talked about how Portland and RSL played each other twice and how they'd be taking points from each other. And I also said that what you really want, it doesn't matter who wins the first game, but you want whoever wins the first game to also win the second game. Well, that has happened now. So Portland uh, beat Salt Lake at Salt Lake four to one. And now they will uh, their next game, uh, which is also on the 21st, I believe, or at least that weekend uh, is against RSL. They have a week off just like the Galaxy have a week off. But it also means that RSL will be playing. Now, here's what people have said, that if RSL wins out, that the Galaxy will miss the playoffs. And that is true. If RSL wins out, uh, the Galaxy will miss the playoffs. You know what also would do it is if the ga- if RSL would lose their or win their next game and the Galaxy would lose at Minnesota, that would also knock it out. But those games don't line up either. Uh, what actually happens is RSL will play the next two weeks in a row and the Galaxy won't play this week, but then will play the following two weeks after that. So there's actually a misalignment in the schedule, which means that even if RSL beats New England, which they very well could at home, uh, even if, the, although they'll be missing Kyle Beckerman, who's suspended with yellow cards, and I, I believe uh, uh, Sonny as well would also be missing that game with yellow cards. Uh, so they're missing some players, uh, and and New England comes in certainly a little bit battered and, and, and probably not on a super high note, but you could see New England getting a draw out of that in, in terms of how it goes. But even if RSL wins that game, the Galaxy could still stay in it because it's really the game at Portland against Real Salt Lake. They'd have to travel to Portland in the game at Minnesota that will determine whether or not the Galaxy still have a chance in the playoffs. So the game at Minnesota for the LA Galaxy will be played uh, before that game in Portland, I believe. Are they playing at the same time, Kevin? I haven't even looked at the schedule that far out. I'll look it up if you, while you talk. Well, I, I believe there's the last game of the season. I believe they're all supposed to play at the same time. Sort of but, like a, but they're not. But RSL doesn't play the last game of the season. They're the one team that's out. They play the next two weeks and they're done. Their season is over in two weeks. The Galaxy have this week off and then play the following two weeks, which means RSL stays at home. So RSL will be sitting on their hands the last game of the season. If the Galaxy beat Minnesota or if RSL doesn't get three points against New England, uh, there's a very good chance that RSL will be sitting on their hands while they watch the LA Galaxy host the Houston Dynamo, and that game could mean whether or not the Galaxy get into the playoffs. That's that, um, that's basically where it goes. 
Well, you know, the game that uh, that comeback by Portland, and again, why the Galaxy need to send some champagne uh, up to Oregon. Um, we all saw Lakehead not lost at home since the opening game of the season, when they are opening home game of the season, when they lost five to one to LAFC, another one-sided result. So that was a big comeback from Portland. And I actually think, I agree with you. I think the Galaxy are not in charge of their own destiny. And by that, I mean, they need help from somebody. Even if they win out and Real Salt Lake wins out, in other words, wins their last two games, Real Salt Lake goes because they have a point advantage right now. But their schedule is tough. As you mentioned, they have New England at home on th- on Thursday, October 18th. Um, that's going to be a tough game for them. I kind of agree with you. You know, they might get a draw. But the big game is the Portland game. Um, if Real Salt Lake loses one of its last two games, it doesn't matter if they lose to New England or to lose to Portland. I think that would be the one they would lose in Portland. But if they lose one of the last two games, the Galaxy can tie them with four points, and they have a superior goal differential right now, and we'll keep that unless they get blown out of. Well, if the Galaxy don't lose, they're gonna they're gonna keep their goal differential, um, and and unless uh, the game that Real Salt Lake wins, they win by a huge margin, like by eight goals. The Galaxy are gonna advance on goal differential. They finish. They both finish at, tied with points, and the Galaxy would advance on goal differential. Well, That's we'll, if Real we'll, Salt Lake loses one of its last two games. Well, remember the the first tiebreaker is wins. Okay, first tiebreaker is wins and then goal differential. So I'd have to go back and look to see. I think they would be the same on wins because they were really close together before. Um, so if you if you see that, and then it goes to goal differential, but that's why that 4-1 result was also a big deal was because Salt Lake's goal differential was tanking. Um, and so if you looked at it and how it went, uh, you know, any tiebreakers that sort of fall in this in this area could very well see uh, the, you know, the L.A. Galaxy go through on tiebreakers yeah, over Real Salt that, Lake. That, yeah, that's why I'm saying the goal differential, which right now Real Salt Lake is minus three. And again, the three goals were the ones in, uh, against Portland. Uh, it's minus three, the Galaxy plus one. And and, and that's what I meant. The, the Galaxy wins one of its last two games and Real Salt Lake um they would they would tie Real Salt Lake with 13. So if Real Salt Lake has a draw, the Galaxy win both, and they're tied with wins. Right. Um, and then the Galaxy would advance. So, um, I, you know, I think they're in good position. They have the easy schedule. I think the Minnesota game will be tough. I think I'm kind of with you. I think that's a game the Galaxy might draw. And, and then it comes down to rolling the dice in the final game against Houston at home on grass, uh, presumably with Zlatan available for 90 minutes. Um uh, you know, you have to say that Salt Lake is favored right now because they do have the one-point advantage. They are above the line. They are in the playoffs if it were to start right now. But just looking at the fact that they have to finish the season on the road in Portland, going there knowing that they may need to win, that's going to be a tough task. Oh, it's a super huge test. And I also point out, um, you know, and people have pointed out to me, I don't want to, I don't want to lose it here. But uh, if Vancouver wins out, Vancouver would make the playoffs. Um, very simply, if Vancouver wins out, they would make the playoffs. Uh, however, Vancouver has three more games to play. They play all three weeks uh, coming down. They will be versus Sporting Kansas City. Not an easy game. Uh, and Sporting Kansas City is pushing hard to try to top the uh, the Western Conference or at least be in one of those top two spots and keep themselves there. So granted, they have uh, clinched a playoff spot. FC Dallas, Sporting Kansas City, and LAFC have clinched the Western Conference. It is up to Portland, Seattle, Real Salt Lake, LA, and Vancouver to uh, fight for those last remaining 
spots uh, there in in the Western Conference. So there's three spots available, five teams vying for it. Uh, it seems like Seattle's probably a lock to me, at least uh, every sort of uh, prediction that I've looked at certainly has yeah, it. They, they have four games left, and they're in fifth place. Yeah, and it's versus Houston, which you would expect them to win. They're at Orlando, which is probably, if not a win, it's a draw. Um, they're at Houston, which maybe only be a draw, but then they finish out the season versus San Jose. And that Houston game is actually, as we're recording on Monday night, that, that game still is to be played tonight. So we're, we're a little bit in front of that game as, as we're recording. So you'll probably already know the results there. So Seattle seems like they have an easy one, but Vancouver, if they went out, would make the playoffs. And that's certainly what they were tweeting. And they were certainly jumping up and down after they beat Toronto FC at Toronto, uh, two to one. It was a, a good performance by them, but they are versus sport in Kansas city. Like I said, not an easy game. They're at LAFC. I don't see them getting the points from that. And then they're versus Portland at the very end of the season. Uh, and again, Portland also trying to move up in the standings and, and will be fighting for that one as well. So uh, it's a huge deal. I, I actually only see them getting two points out of their remaining three games, uh, which would put them out of the playoffs. So if they went out, they make it. But at the same time, you don't have to. I, I wouldn't worry about that. But the, the four point argument is the one that's a little bit more on shaky grand, ground. If the Galaxy get uh, what I believe to be uh, six points out of the next two games, get two wins. Uh, they would be in the playoffs because I really don't see RSL beating New England and then beating Portland as well. But certainly anything can happen. And the Galaxy, as we said, their fate is outside of their own hands right now, Kevin, which is not a great place to be. But it's also not horrible whenever you look at the other team's schedules. The Galaxy have a very, I think, a very good chance of making the uh, the MLS Cup playoffs, which is something that I don't know that we would have said uh, a little while ago. Uh, we've been talking about tracking their playoff chances in 538.com. The LA Galaxy went into the weekend at 30% percent chance uh, at 538. They exited it at 29%. That, along with the Real Salt Lake loss, uh, their draw, along with the Real Salt Lake loss, sort of kept the, the the chances fairly steady. Although Real Salt Lake's chance of making the playoffs plummeted. I believe it was about 82, 83%, and now they're down in the 62% because they are on a much more tenuous ground now even though they currently hold that position. They went out, they go to the playoffs. Uh, the LA Galaxy went out and RSL drops any amount of points and the LA Galaxy go to the playoffs. Uh, Vancouver wins all of their games at the end, and they jump everybody and go to the playoffs. So that's where we stand in the playoff picture. I know it's not. I think my titles said it pretty clear, said it uh, said it well, which was that you know, yes, they got the draw, and the playoff picture is no 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 more clear. You're not well, seeing that. Well, it will be clear though after that game on the 18th. If 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 Real Salt Lake beats New England, then the Galaxy I think need to beat Minnesota. Yep. If Real Salt Lake plays to a draw or a loss makes things a lot easier for the Galaxy. Um, although they, they really can't do a whole lot of scoreboard watching. They need to pay attention. The worst thing that could happen is they look at that and say, that's exactly what we wanted to happen. They lost to New England, and then and then the Galaxy goes out and loses in Minnesota. That would be the worst thing. But when you talk about uh, some of these teams that have already qualified for the playoffs and what are they playing for down the stretch, for Sporting Kansas City especially, I don't know so much for Dallas, but for Sporting Kansas City, you know they've made the playoffs five years in a row. The last four years... Uh, they did not finish in the top two, meaning they had to play a knockout game, and they had to play those games on the road. The last four years, they've gone out of they've gone out of the playoffs in the first game. So you know, Sporting Kansas City, those players remember that that those games. They definitely want to finish in the top three, uh, to at least have a or top four to at least have a home knockout round game. They really want to finish in the top two because they don't want to repeat history and, and put their season on the line in a one game knockout game. Yep. Um, so there's, you know, just because these teams have qualified the, for the playoffs, they have a lot to play for. And that's why you're going to see Portland and Seattle playing really tough, 
down the stretch too. Um, so when you look at if if any team is playing, and, and again the Galaxy are playing two teams that are basically out of the playoff uh, uh, hunt, so that that's really makes things a lot easier for them. Real Salt Lake is playing two teams. New England still has a chance, and Portland's playing for a home field advantage. So, uh, again, the schedule really, really helps the Galaxy. Yeah, Minnesota eliminated from the playoffs already. Uh, Houston right now has a 1% chance. Uh, so that's where that's only are. because they have four games left. Yeah, I was going to say it was actually a less less than one percent chance is what the uh, what five thirty eight actually says. So, I mean, that's where it is. It's a little confusing, but I, I think if you're a Galaxy fan right now, if you're a Galaxy player, uh, if you're anybody in the front office, you're actually feeling pretty optimistic about where the Galaxy are. That point was huge. Uh, not losing that game was huge. I mean, losing that game probably puts these guys out of everything, although there certainly would have been an argument with uh, Real Salt Lake uh, still within striking distance. The Galaxy could have still made it in. But I think that that hill gets a lot steeper. And and quite honestly, you lose a game now out of these next two and you're done. Uh, it doesn't seem like there's uh, there's really... I'm sure there would be a method of of, of, conspir- uh, of conspiracy, Kevin, to get the Galaxy in if they lose a game against Minnesota. Like RSL would also have to lose, uh, you know, their next game coming up and, and a bunch of other things that sort of go down the road. Uh, there's things that could happen there that could probably still get the Galaxy in. But again, you know, we talk about must wins. We haven't really seen... The must wins have all been in quotation marks so far, Kevin. Uh, and going against Minnesota, you may actually have a must win situation for the Galaxy. So, uh, well, that- especially if especially if Real Salt Lake be- beats, beats New, New England. England. But yeah. you know, you were saying on social media not long ago, you were answering some questions about uh, whether Dominic Kinnear should be considered for the head coaching job if if he pulls this off, if he gets him into the playoffs. And you seem to kind of poo-poo that idea. You know, I I, I definitely think that his status rises in, in a huge way if he gets this team into the playoffs. And um, I, I asked Chris Klein about that and, and he didn't seem real high on the idea either. He didn't, he didn't say no, he didn't say much of anything, but just from his reaction, it didn't seem like Dominic Kinnear is a guy that he's considering for that. And, and here's why I think that's wrong. Um, it's going to be largely the same team. Yes. Ashley Cole's probably gone. We know Siani's gone. Uh, we don't know about Salatan, but I think for the most part, the core of the team, I don't think it's going to be an overhaul like it had been the last two years where, you know, a dozen players win each year. Dominic Kinnear made this group of players play well. He found a way that they could play together. I think he found some solutions. Um, we know what Dominic Kinnear can do with this group. You bring in anybody else, you bring in Pep Guardiola, uh, you don't know. It's it's going to be a work in progress. It, you know, the players are going to have to get to know the coach. The coach needs to get to know the players. Um, Dominic Kinnear, you know what you have. Why wouldn't you want to bring that guy back if, in fact, He's got the team to play well now. If he finishes it off and gets them into the playoffs, why would he not deserve the chance to come back and do it again? Yeah, no, I, I listen, it, it's not my own personal view that I think Dominic Kinnear shouldn't be uh, uh, looked at in terms of, of the LA Galaxy coach going forward. I just don't think that the front office thinks that that's a very uh, sexy pick, and I don't know that they think that that's a very likely pick for a long-term solution. I think they're, they're, I think they're at least trying to look long-term, and I don't think they think Dominic Kinnear is that long-term solution but another team who did pick up uh, a coach and and maybe this puts a little more pressure on the LA Galaxy uh, but we had uh, Matias Almeida uh, as the new coach uh, for the San Jose Earthquakes just announced this is an Argentinian uh, who played at uh, River Plate at Banfield and at uh, Chivas or, or, and at Chivas Guadalajara excuse me coached in all those places places and had a lot of success uh, with Chivas he featured runs to uh, Liga MX 2017 Clausura Championship uh, two Copa MX titles and uh, this year's CONCACAF Champions League trophy this 
this is a it's being lauded around the league, Kevin, as a wonderful signing by the San Jose Earthquakes is landing a, a highly uh, capable coach from a, a Latin American country um, that should be able to bring the San Jose Earthquakes into a, a sort of, uh, you know, SJ 3.0 um, along with the general manager there. I think the general manager is going to be the one who's really in a question now at San Jose because a lot of pressure is going to be put on him. This is a, a coach who can certainly do it. But, I mean, do you think this also puts the LA Galaxy in, in some, some, some pressure, under some pressure? Well, whether Almeida uh, is successful or not will depend on the front office, uh, as it does in so many instances. This is the coach they want. This is the guy that shouldn't be able to come in and say, uh, I need this and get whatever he says that he needs. But he's 44 years old. He's um, had great success in Liga MX. MLS is a copycat league, and and this move is co- trying to copy what Atlanta United has done with Tato Martina. Martino, you bring in an, a, you know, a, a, a class Argentinian coach who has a very set style of play, a very aggressive, exciting, um, uh, you know, high tempo type of, of style that he likes to play. So they're trying to, uh, to mimic what Atlanta United has done by bringing in their own Argentine coach. But it depends on what the front office is able to do. If, if they're stingy, if they won't uh, make the creative moves that they need to do, uh, that they need to make to make that kind of offense work it's not going to go anywhere and that's i think why lafc has had so much success is bob bradley said these are the kind of players i want and john thornton has gone out and and got them and continued to get them with bringing in people like diomandi in the middle of the season and and trading for win and doing the kind of things that they have done over there that's what has to happen in san jose but to answer your question it absolutely puts a ton of pressure on the galaxy because this is a team not only in their own conference this is in their own state this is their former rival who is having the worst season they've ever had. The Galaxy had their worst season of all time last year uh, and, and you know, came back and, and had a difficult season this year. You know, didn't actually cruise to any kind of a title or anything. So the Galaxy, have they need to catch San Jose now as far as the coaching thing goes. We don't know what Chris Klein is thinking. He says he's making progress. Um, it, it's been rumored that the guy he really wants is Greg Berhalter. He was a former Galaxy player, a former teammate of Klein's a guy who got his coaching start as an assistant coach with the Galaxy. AEG then sent him off to to uh, uh, Sweden to coach, um, where he kind of cut his teeth as a coach, came back to Columbus. That's the guy that the Galaxy wants, but the U.S. national team also wants him. Another guy that Klein, Chris Klein is reportedly interested in is Caleb Porter, who coached at Portland um, and was a very successful college coach. Uh, Caleb Porter was Chris Klein's uh, roommate in college at Indiana University. That's a very interesting pick, too. He's been a coach that's been su- successful, had a falling out with uh, the front office in Portland. But the one thing that it, it brings for Klein is loyalty. Uh, I think Klein is embattled right now. You know, you were at this there. Or you heard about the season ticket holders meeting um, a couple of weeks ago where Chris Klein was booed when he was introduced. He's embattled right now. And I think he really wants to he's had this will be his third managerial hire in less than two years. The other two haven't worked out too well. He needs a guy that not, not only is going to turn things around on the field, but I think he's really looking for right now someone who's going to be very loyal to him. And that's why Caleb Porter may have the inside track. Yeah, Caleb. Caleb Porter. Just say say it with me. Caleb Porter. This is worse than Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 
It may be, but I, <laughs> if he doesn't come, I don't have to worry. You don't about have it to worry about it. Just call him Coach Porter. You'll be fine. Uh, that'll that'll be how it goes. All right. So no, I mean that is. I'll tell you this: that you know the little bit of uh, of insight I have into the LA Galaxy's uh, coaching picks or anything else. I was told that perhaps a uh, a European of some sort, whether that be UK or from actual Europe, uh, as in terms of a second in command somewhere um, at so a larger the UK, club. The U- the UK is not Europe. Is that well, what you just uh, said? The United Kingdom. You ask the people from the United Kingdom if they're part of Europe. All right. They're not part of the Eurozone. That's they're, true. They're you're not right, anymore. You're right. I stand, I stand, I stand corrected. See, that's, I'm it's, fixing on that. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, so so the UK um, and how that goes, we'll see if that ends up coming to any sort of fruition. It would be, you know, somebody who's a second in command somewhere and they'd be bringing it in. I don't know how sexy a pick that would end up being. Um, I don't know whether or not that's really what they're looking. But again, a, a team without a general manager uh, and bringing in somebody from outside of the league, you know, San Jose has somebody who is currently the GM and understands the league up to a certain point. I certainly think they missed on a, a bunch of players. But you you look at the LA Galaxy, where if they were to bring somebody in, they technically don't have a general manager, although those 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 duties probably get split between Pete Vianis and, and Jovan Karofsky and, and Chris Klein and everybody else that's sort of in there as a group. Uh, but you're going to need a strong support there for somebody if you're bringing them in from out of the league. That's my big question. If they go outside the league, uh, who do they bring in as GM or how do they divvy up those responsibilities in order to make sure that this person, whoever they bring in, uh, has the best players? That's why a Greg Berhalter makes a little more sense to be in control of everything and come in. Or Caleb Porter um, maybe works with the GM that you come in. I've mentioned Ali Curtis many times. I don't know that the, anybody's listening, uh, but that's uh, that's that's one of the ways that you could possibly go for the Galaxy. So certainly under pressure, Kevin, uh, as we look at the uh, the Galaxy and, and what's going on. Uh, uh, some side notes to to some other things as we we're we're going to run a little long. I can tell already, but. I just want to make sure that we get to uh, Rolf Felcher called into the Venezuelan national team. So he is off uh, with Venezuela. He will play Friday, October 12th and Tuesday, October 16th. Uh, He will be back for the LA Galaxy's game on the 21st in Minnesota, as long as he doesn't get injured. Knock on wood for everybody. Uh, let's see. I want to go through some other stuff here. We talked about San Jose. The Galaxy schedule coming up this week is a little bit, uh, you know, touch and go in terms of Monday they have off. Uh, Friday, uh, Thursday they're going to have off, and then they're going to have Saturday and Sunday off as well. We'll see whether or not they come back on Monday and train, which I imagine they will in preparation for it. But the Galaxy getting some time off to rest the muscles and heal the wounds and, and do a little breathing here and there. Uh, here's a good one, uh, or maybe a bad one. Depends on how you look at it, Kevin. The LA Galaxy looks like they're losing two very important academy players. You had Ulianis and, of course, Alex Mendez, uh, both guys who have been with the LA Galaxy Academy, I believe, both playing for Galaxy 2 on occasion as well. Um, but as academy players, uh, both of those players uh, that was reported by Keith Koskin hearing that Yanez uh, is uh, agreed to a deal to sign with Wolfsburg and Mendez has agreed to a deal with Freiburg. So uh, two uh, Bundesliga teams, both LA Galaxy Mini Academy products who turned down good offers with the club to go to Germany. I can certainly say that uh, I t- I reached out to some people, Kevin, and talked to some sources, and they said the Galaxy did make a good offer to both of these players. But I think the timing sort of the real issue with both of these, or at least that's what I, what I took away from this. Yeah, I heard the same thing about a month ago, that the players wanted, they were begging for some attention from the Galaxy, and they were threatening to go somewhere else. And the Galaxy were very slow to react to that. They thought that uh, perhaps they were being played, that there, maybe there wasn't an offer there. 
Um, and bad blood developed between the players and the team in addition to the fact that the offer was good, the players felt, or the players' representatives felt that it came a little bit too late. Um, they weren't sure how sincere it was. Um, so that thing just just uh, got to the point where it was untenable. Um, the Galaxy wanted to bring the players back, but I don't think the players trusted the team anymore at that point. Yeah, it's a, it's another sort of example, and and certainly it's going to be it'll it remains to be seen what the, how they do with Efren Alvarez currently signed to an LA Galaxy contract, which is the good part about that. But whether or not he stays after I believe his 18th birthday, 16 right now, uh, I believe the Galaxy have him probably until he's 17 or 18, or whether or not he ends up going somewhere else as well. Certainly, I think the next year, uh, this 2019 season, Kevin is very important for the Galaxy in terms of Efren Alvarez and his development, and whether or not he gets any season senior team minutes, which he should be getting uh, at 16 years well, old and after the season that he had. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, if if Real Salt Lake wins and the Galaxy lose to Minnesota, that would essentially See, that it, would it mean that the Galaxy could not make the playoffs, correct? Uh, let's see. They lose, so they go up by four points. Yeah, because the Galaxy can't get four points out of one game, right? And they would be four right. points ahead. Yes, correct. Yeah, so, so, so they're I mean, done. We're not, we're not assuming. That would be a real long shot for all those things to happen. But if that did happen... Do you play Efren Alvarez in the last game at, at home against Houston? Do you put him on the field, get him some minutes, see what you have, um, make him feel good about his future, that he's part of the future, um, and and just let the fans see him? Do I you think, do that I, at this I point? think I would. I absolutely would in a, in a heartbeat. I mean, there's I, to me, there's no downside in it. Your season's over. Get him, get him some minutes. I mean – people were calling for him before the season was actually over. And I thought that that was a little earlier. I thought that there would be a possibility that if the galaxy didn't play well down the stretch, uh, and were basically eliminated or, 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 you know, for, or actually eliminated from the playoffs that they would, uh, bring some of these young guys up and give them some time with that, with the galaxy being in a full on fight. I don't think they should bring them in, uh, until they're ab absolutely eliminated if that's the thing. But I think you're right on Kevin. I would, I would have no issues with the galaxy. Uh, and I think they, they should, uh, look at Efren Alvarez and bring him up and say, "Hey, yeah, you get some, you get some senior team playing time. You've earned it. You you had a, a good year with uh, LA Galaxy too, uh, and now it's time for you to uh, show what you can do well, at the senior level." More to the point, it says, "I mean, Bruce did that with Jack McBean, especially, but with some others as well." It sort of says, "Look." You are part of our plans going forward. Don't worry about those guys that went to Germany. You know that was a, a different case. You, we are committed to you. You are part of our plans going forward. Here, we're going to put you on the field and make you an MLS player. Something that no one can ever take away from you. You know, a, as a teenager, you played in an MLS game. They did that with Jack McBean. He was, I think, the the youngest goal scorer in Galaxy history. And uh, I would, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if they're out of it, that Houston game doesn't mean anything as far as the playoffs go. I'd put them out there. Yeah, absolutely. There's again, I don't see a downside to it. There is none in my mind. You're already out. There's nothing more that really can happen. Uh, final, final thing that just came out just before we started this show. So that's why, uh, why it ends up at the end of the rundown. Uh, Jonathan Dos Santos just put out a tweet before we came on air, actually about 4.30 on Monday, uh, that he put one out. First he put it out, and then he corrected some things, and he deleted it, and then he put out the second one. But basically, uh, it was in Spanish, uh, and so the translation I got, and I think it's fairly close, is uh, it's Jonathan Dos Santos. Now, you have to understand, he's replying to a random Instagram post. From what I can tell, the Instagram post is not from any credible source. It's not from ESPN, uh, Deportes, or anything else, at least that I can a tell. Russia, a Russian bot. Okay, so yeah, probably is a Russian bot. Uh, absolutely, it's a Russian bot. There we go. That was just for you, Kevin. Uh, so yeah, it, it's one of these things. It's just a weird place to sort of come out and try to correct the record against. 
Um, and he comes out and he says, and it, it's a, I, again, I clarify, the rumor is that Giovanni Dos Santos is headed to Club America uh, in 2018 and that his brother, Jonathan Dos Santos, will be headed to Club America and Liga MX uh, in 2019. Uh, which is not far out of the realm of possibilities if you're if you're trying to pay attention to everything. Uh, Remember, that's where their dad plays. Yeah, absolutely. And so you look at all these things and you put them together. Uh, and so Jonathan Dos Santos comes out and he says, uh, we'd love to play at the bless, best club in Mexico. And he tags uh, Club America in it together. But for now, we have another dream to make history at LA Galaxy. Uh, we love you, Aguilas, which is the nickname for uh, America. Um, so... He's he's saying here, Kevin, uh, that yes, we'd love to play at club uh, at the best club in Mexico, uh, but right now we're kind of busy. Uh, so just pump the brakes on all this stuff. I, I imagine. I mean, the fact that it's a clarification on something, I guess, means something. But your team, uh, Jonathan Dos Santos and Giovanni Dos Santos, is in the midst of a playoff push. Uh, I had a bunch of people already complain to me about it. Now, granted, anything Jonathan Dos Santos or Giovanni Dos Santos put out, I get people who immediately tag me in and complain about different things. But is that really the message that you need to be sending? And why the clarification? Is there something to this more than, you know, what there should I don't know. It just seems like it's weird timing and it's a weird tweet to put out, Kevin. Well, it's interesting that he says right now we have, uh, you know, business to take care of. He doesn't say we're never going to go to Mexico. He doesn't say once this business is taken care of in uh, November, uh, then we'd love to talk to you. It, 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 he doesn't say we're not, you know, and that's why when you parse these things, that's and, and the reason for, like you said, it would have been much easier for him to just ignore that rather than respond to it, because by responding to it, it begins these kind of conversations. And that's why I took seriously when Zalatan brought up. The fact that Scott French asked, uh, are you absolutely positively coming back next year? A lot of time could have said a million different things, but instead he went down that road of we need to talk in the offseason and just added a whole bunch of doubts to things. Now, Zalatan's a little different because he plays he plays the media. Uh, you know, he did that about the World Cup in Sweden. He knew he wasn't going to be on the Swedish team for the World Cup, but kept talking about how Sweden needed him just to sort of keep that that rumor going. I, I this one he it doesn't feel like he to me it doesn't feel like he's playing it, it does feel like there may be some conversations that need to take place this winter to bring him back but the fact that he went there the fact that he opened that whole can of worms when it would have been much easier for him just to say I'm under contract of course I'll be back if that's what he plans to do why would he even uh, begin to uh, entertain some doubts and so I see the same thing with with uh, the Dos Santos brothers, yeah, they're, they're not saying we're leaving. They're not saying we're talking. They're not saying anything. But they're they also are not saying we're not going there ever. So yeah. it, it, there, there has to be some reason uh, why, why Jonathan would have uh, responded to that tweet when it would have been much easier and much smarter, frankly, just to walk away from it. Well, I, you know, again, I was kicking around some things earlier this morning before this tweet even came out, and I said, you know, uh, to some people, I said, you know, to me, it seems like Gio might be setting Giovanni Dos Santos might be setting himself up for a move in the offseason, Kevin. It's just he's not playing anymore. He's not training anymore. Um, you know, he's inside the whole time. And so, you know, I went out to a couple people and I got the response back. Listen, Giovanni Dos Santos has what what everybody's calling a legitimate injury and that whenever he gets healthy from that, if he's healthy, he'll be able to play for the LA Galaxy. And that's a thing. Uh, I'd also say that and I'll reiterate what I said on Thursday, which was that I don't 
believe the LA Galaxy have ever had serious conversations with any team, uh, despite the rumors to the contrary, that uh, they wanted to move Giovanni Dos Santos. Now, it doesn't mean that they haven't had, you know, sort of, hey, what do you think about Geo conversations? Uh, but I don't think anything ever got more serious than that. Um, I'll also say that I think there's many people within the league uh, and around the team who think that there are many spots around the world and in Mexico that probably would be happy to have Giovanni Dos Santos. It's just a matter of whether or not the LA Galaxy want to get serious about moving him. So if Jonathan Dos Santos wants to open up the can of worms, Kevin, uh, then I will certainly say that uh, there is a that it seems uh, that that America would be a likely landing spot for him. Uh, certainly has the history with the father there, uh, and I think that they might be able to get a deal with Gio. But in my mind, uh, seeing Giovanni Dos Santos and what he's saying right now is that he's not happy here in Los Angeles. He refuses to. Talk, he really does refuse to talk to the press. Um, and quite honestly, with him being injured so much, he hasn't really even been requested all that much. But uh, he doesn't want to talk to the press. He doesn't want to do any of these things. For me, it seems like he's trying to set up a move. Uh, you know, this this offseason to get out of L.A., which I think may be overly optimistic on uh, on my part in terms of, you know, just looking at the L.A. Galaxy and what they need to have happen in order to continue to rebuild the club. Um, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he moved this offseason. Well, it, you know, a lot of things. You're right about the Club America thing. If, if the Dos Santos brothers go to Mexico, that would be the likely landing spot. And their father could make it happen. He's a club legend there. He's, he, he's very well... Um, associated with the front office and the movers and shakers there. He could definitely make that happen. I do think the Galaxy would have to pay some money uh, for Gio to go, and I don't know uh, what the MLS salary rules would be about that. But if one or both of the Dos Santos brothers did leave, that would open up a designated player spot, which would allow them to pay Zlatan more. And if indeed he is unhappy with his contract situation, and I don't know that, uh, but if he was, that would allow them to pay him more and make him a designated player and give him sort of the protection and the and the uh, the cachet that he probably would like to have. Um, and another thing about Gio, you know, he, he as you're, you're right, he hasn't talked to the media much, he hasn't talked to the fans much. But my understanding was I was not at the season ticket holders event either, but my understanding was that he was booed there as well. Correct. And, and he um, – I don't want to say delicate, but he he wears his his emotions very close to uh, the surface, and uh, he is sort of an emotional guy. And um, I think that if he didn't know it before, definitely I think when he found out how the fans felt about him, I think that might have startled him a little bit. And uh, you know, he may be at the point now where he, he he is injured, but he's not doesn't appear to be working super hard to get back on a team that where he's the highest paid player and they're in a they're in a you know a playoff chase. He doesn't seem to be very active and eager to get back. He may be. It may be to the point where uh, he has to move on, both for himself and the club. Um, I don't know that. I haven't talked to him. Neither have you, because he doesn't talk anymore. But that would certainly. I mean, you, you could sort of see how that could. It could be a real possibility. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, some housekeeping notes here. Uh, first one is there will be no live show on Thursday. In fact, there will be no show on Thursday at all. So coming up on the 11th, we'll just skip that show. The Galaxy don't have a game. Uh, and I have family in town, so I will be taking that uh, Thursday off because I'm a Aww. slacker. I, I know, I'm a slacker. Uh, the other thing is that I want to remind everybody, and Kevin, you missed this because, uh, well, one, you weren't, well, you were part of it, but you you didn't know you were part of it. 
uh, that Corner of the Galaxy has reached 600 shows. Actually, this is six, uh, 605, I believe, right now. Show number 605. Or, or We're hit of time. We are, just barely. Um, so uh, in in honor of that, uh, one, I thank, uh, I thank you, Mr. Kevin Baxter, for, for helping us along. And as I told everybody on Thursday, uh, we're running a special deal right now on scarves through the end of October 31st. Uh, go order scarves from our website, cornerofthegalaxy.com. Uh, click on the shop button. Uh, you can find your way to the scarves there. And if you type in code COG20, uh, that will get you just $20 uh, for each scarf instead of the normal 25 So $20 plus shipping, and those go out pretty rapidly from here whenever and, and you order. And we will both autograph them uh, at the Corner of the Galaxy staircase during the Houston game. That's right. We're, we're probably going to have to do another uh, listener appreciation show, I believe, Kevin, because our Did listener you, appreciation game, which is what we did last year, if you remember. So I think we're, we're going to... You don't really appreciate the listeners. You've told me some things that I'm not going to repeat is, on That the is air, absolutely but. not true, Mr. Kevin Baxter. The only reason I do this is, one, because I like to hear myself talk, and two, because of the listeners. People make me feel awesome. Uh, we even had an organ donor who told us uh, that, uh, that, that she listens to the show um and that she wanted me to tell everybody to uh, to donate their organs or, or become a donator an organ donator so if you haven't done that then you're the one who's really uh, i have a horlitzer <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that that's good actually How you know what I, I i i tried to do that at the when i went to the county fair they had a place where you could sign up to be an organ donor and i raced over there to try to do it i'm too old you're too <laughs> that doesn't surprise you know me. how that makes me feel I'm too old to save somebody's life my that's organ a, nobody wants my organs I was gonna say I want to know how many people got the Wurlitzer joke I mean I got <laughs> it but I want to know everybody's like what is a Wurlitzer it's an organ it's a it's a pipe organ by the way uh, so anyway that's uh that's what we have that's our show I think that's it anything else that you have that you want to throw out there as well now think about me when the hurricane hits get out of there I mean it's on do, the way do you, do you have to stay I mean are they gonna I, play I a attract game? hurricanes like magnets this will be my second hurricane in less than a year. Uh, everybody, yeah, it's gonna. There's gonna be a hashtag. Pray for Kevin. That's what it'll be. Uh, absolutely. Pray for the panda. That's what it'll be. There's that one's better. Pray for the panda. pandas. Love hurricanes. That's too. What, that's what I heard. That's the what Swedish, I heard. Swedish ones, especially. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, you can hit him up at kbaxter11, uh, and then head over to the LA Times for all of his U.S. soccer coverage, all of his soccer coverage around the United States and Southern California, including the LA Galaxy and LAFC. Uh, head on over latimes.com and follow him right there. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. COG20 gets you our scars for just $20, so you can do that. COG20 at the coupon code there. And of course, read all of our previews, our game, our uh, game game recaps, and of course, our, uh, our podcast as well. You can find it right there on cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right, everybody. Uh, again, no show on Thursday, no game this weekend. We'll be back on Monday. Uh, where Kevin and I will be, of course, get you ready for the long week that will lead up to Minnesota United. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, the panda himself, I'm Josh Gessman. Pato, you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the Box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes Stitcher and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Arajo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.